Over the last two decades, I've been on a quest to learn everything I can about leadership, obsessed with what makes the best leaders so good. After running companies small and large for the last 20 years, today I speak on stages all across the world to audiences who are interested in that same question. My name's John Laredo, and I'm your host. I invite you to join me on this journey as we explore this topic, what makes the best leaders so good. Welcome to Tomorrow's Leader. All right, welcome to today's episode of Tomorrow's Leader, where we dive deep on all things leader-related, related to leading yourself and leading others. I'm John Laredo, your host. Welcome to 2022. It's unreal. Just flew by last year. It always does. I know everybody says that, but it did once again. And now we're in 2022, and I got to tell you, I'm super pumped. I am ready to rock and roll. I am ready for big, big things in 2022. I know all of you are probably feeling the same way. You're really happy to be out of 2021 and uh, hopefully out of this soon, out of this whole crazy mess with the pandemic. So in any event, stay healthy. Uh, I know I told you in the last episode, I got hit with COVID. Not fun, but mild, relatively mild considering what I've heard of other cases. So, but bottom line, stay healthy, stay safe. Um, so it is now January 3rd, 2022. I know 90% of you have set some kind of New Year's resolution, whether you've written it down, whether you've told somebody else, whether you've just thought about it in your head, maybe you've made it really specific, maybe you have not, but usually holiday time and the reset of the whole year is the time where people start to think about, okay, what does my version 2.0 look like? Like, what do I want to do better, less of, more of, differently, whatever. How do I want to change my life for the better? And sometimes it's just a small thing. You know, I I did an exercise of version 2.0 of myself. So literally, and I wrote down all the things that I want to do, what I want to get better. I mean, it was everything from business stuff, personal stuff, relationships, health, everything that I wanted to change, even just passions and interests. Hey, I want to get, I want to get into college football. I'm not into college football. I'd like to get into college football and I want to develop a path. I think once I get into it, I'm going to be really like passionate about it. So just little things like that. And I think that's always a fun exercise. Um, as you know, I do a lot of journaling and just, you know, I took some time to review 2021 and say, okay, what went well? What goals did I exceed? What did I fall short on and why? You know, what circumstances changed that that I didn't expect? What were things that I underestimated or overestimated? What were the things that led to success? What were the things that led to failure? By doing that, it helps prepare me and gets me better and better every single year. Every single month, I feel like I get better. If I can think back to what are the reasons why I had success or the reasons that I had failure, what the reasons I didn't stick to certain plans, what are the reasons I stuck to other plans? So I think that's a great exercise. But I want to talk about why do the vast majority of New Year's resolutions fail? Um, I don't know what the statistics are. I've heard all kinds of numbers. You know, it's probably 90 plus percent of of New Year's resolutions over time fail. Now, I think two thirds of them probably fail in the first month and that's January. Um, And it's not because of intentions. We all have great intentions. Everybody comes out and I've talked to friends and seen the conviction in their face and their voice of here's what I'm going to do. And I'm thinking, no, you're probably not. And it's no, it's no, uh, you know, jab or, or anything at them. It's just, 
humans in general. We tend to want to do things. We think about things. We talk about things. But when rubber hits the road, we just don't execute. We don't do it. We don't stick to it. We start it. We don't finish it. Whatever the case may be, we get derailed. And again, we're all good people. It's not anything about our intention. It's not even sometimes about laziness. Sometimes it is, but it's that we, there's a few core reasons why this happens. And I want to go through that today in this episode. What are the reasons that most New Year's resolutions fail? I, I go to the gym with Jeff, uh, you know, every morning and, and we actually did, we worked out in his house in his garage today. And, uh, I was thankful because I remember last, um, first of the year, whatever, January 2nd or 3rd, um, it is just packed. The gym is packed. I mean, it is wall to wall. The parking lot is like nothing you've ever seen. I go to Lifetime Fitness and the parking lot is huge. The gym itself is huge. Um, and the parking lot is enormous and it's, it's like a mall and it's packed. I mean, it's packed annoyingly. So at six o'clock in the morning, um, and what I know, and every year I say the same thing and Jeff and I said the same thing last year that, okay, let's just, you know, wait a few weeks by third week, probably in January, it'll thin out to about half of what it is. And by February, it'll be probably back to normal. So all we have to do is wait. And it's, it's all because of this concept that people just don't stick to their goals. They write them down sometimes, which is better than not writing them down. Chances of reaching that goal increase just by writing your goal down. So that's a quick tip. But even then, sometimes we don't stick to it. So here's the reason. When we think about stuff, when we think and we think about vision boards and things like that, that we I'm a huge visualizer. I mean, I visualize, I meditate, I visualize about what I want to accomplish and who I want to what what version of myself I want to become, where I want to get better, all this. And it's served me extremely well over my life and over my career. I've done it all since high school with sports. Visualization is absolutely key. But what I've learned over time is it's more than just visualizing the successful outcome. Because if it's something related to performance that you have prepared for, so I'm a baseball game and I'm pitching. Okay, I've prepared, I've practiced, I've done all everything I need to do. Now the visualization is all about a successful outcome based on all the practice and preparation I've had. Okay, that's different. That's going to get my mindset, my confidence and everything, my stress levels down. It's going to get me in the right zone to perform. The other type of visualization is visualizing something in the future of who I want to become or a goal that I want to accomplish. Um, I, maybe it's physical. Maybe I want to lose weight. I want to get in better shape. And I'm visualizing the feeling of going to the pool or going to the beach in summer. It's now January. Thinking, okay, in six, seven months, going to the beach, going to the summer and being able to take my, you know, shirt off and, and feel good, you know, take, be walking around in my bathing suit and actually feel like I'm in shape. Like I've got abs and I'm, wow, I'm like feeling like the best shape of my life. That's a really great feeling, right? Visualizing that is awesome. And it's fun to really kind of get lost in that thought, you know? Yeah, I can do that. Like I can, I can get to a point where I'm really proud of how I look, not embarrassed of how I look or self-conscious about how I look, but feeling great. 
maybe I've got so much energy. I'm, I'm working out more. I'm just, my confidence level improves and I feel just healthier and I'm eating better. And I'm just, I'm now I'm thinking about maybe doing like triathlons and stuff like that. It's just this new me. It's exciting to think about, right? But what happens is sometimes what we don't think about is we're not thinking through the whole process. I'm visualizing the end result, but why these goals go wrong is we don't visualize and prepare ourselves for the hardest times. Now, this is different than than many people think because it's like, okay, well, I got to focus on the positive outcome. Yes, but it's not just that. The law of attraction is not just I think about, you know, money and success. I'm going to get it. It doesn't happen that way. That's part of it. But you've got to think about and execute on the hardest stuff that you're going to have to execute and prepare for that. That's going to lead to that successful outcome. So if I want to get in great shape, I've got to visualize the toughest of toughest parts. Part of it, let's say, is working out. I've got to visualize how miserable I'm going to be waking up at 530 in the morning when it's rainy or like this morning snowing uh, and dark out and cold out and nobody's up, nobody's on the road. And I've got to get myself out of my place, dressed into my car. I got to go to the gym. I got to work out. I got to go through pain, got to sweat and have that lactic acid build up and feel the strain on my muscles. And I'm just tired. I'm comfy in this bed. That's the stuff I've got to think about. And when I'm feeling like that and facing that insurmountable obstacle of all those things working against me, um, what am I going to do? How am I going to handle it? What am I going to say to myself that's going to get my ass out of bed and going to the gym? That's the stuff that's going to help me get to that goal. Okay, if I've got to stick to a diet, and that's one of the things that's important to me, okay, great. I, you know, there's sometimes it's going to be easier or easy, and other times it's going to be really hard. Think about what are those hardest times. Maybe it's a Friday and you're with family and everybody's talking about ordering pizza and that's your favorite food. You can live on pizza for the rest of your life, which I could. Um, and they really want to order the pizza, and they do. And that pizza is sitting in front of you and oh, it's got the gooey cheese and it's crispy. It's got a good undercarriage. It's nice and it's a perfectly done pizza. You got a little pepperoni on the top. Hey, a little pepperoni. Eh? We got a little pizza. Eh? I got a little pizza pie, a little pepperoni, a cheese, a little parmesan. I got a tomato sauce, a little crispy. Eh? It's a perfect type of pizza. How am I going to handle that? I mean, that's really tough. What am I going to do? Do I walk away? Do I get out of that situation? That's the stuff I need to prepare myself. If I'm really committed to stay at the diet, I can't be. Most people just don't think about that. If I'm doing a marathon, I'm thinking about crossing the finish line. Wow. And being able to tell everybody for the rest of my life, I did a marathon. How, what small portion of the population has done a marathon? I mean, it's fraction of 1%. To be able to do that is unbelievable to me. Unbelievable. But it's unbelievable because, and it's such a rare thing because it's so hard to do. So how are you going to handle when you don't feel like getting up for your run? When it's raining outside and you don't want to run for an hour outside. When it's freezing cold outside. When you hurt yourself or when you got a blister on your foot or you forgot your water and you're out there, you're dehydrated, whatever the case may be. How are you going to handle this and how are you going to deal with it? I find most people are not prepared for that. 
You know, that's that's really number one. Uh, you know, I think about people that want to start stop drinking. I took a, I decided uh, I I did not drink during uh, after Christmas. So I I did not. I had several events, and I started on last about a week ago. And I said, listen, I'm not going to drink. And um, these were events, one of which being New Year's, that I would normally drink and have a great time. Now I actually hosted a small party so i had a bunch group of my close friends uh and family and kids and whatnot and um it was just a great time but it was really hard to stick now i said to myself i'm not gonna drink um but i needed to prepare myself which i did what are going to be all the circumstances that are going to make me want to have a drink during a night that i would absolutely normally be drinking this was really tough and all my friends here to have fun and great, you know, let's close out 2021, bring in 2022 in style. I was hosting the party. You know, here I am like, you know, I, I, I felt like, okay, this, I, this is temptation, right? But I had to prepare myself. I probably had to say no 20 times that night. And that's no, no, no uh, fault of anybody's at all. I remember everybody's like, hey, you want to do this? Whatever. Um, and it was a blast, though. And I had a great time. But it was hard, and I only think I made it through because I know, I knew what to expect. I prepared myself for it. I knew how I was going to handle it mentally and what I was going to do physically. All types of goals that you have are going to have things that are going to really tempt you. They're going to challenge you. They're going to push you off your track. There's going to be these forces that are going to come and try and knock you right off your path. You just have to be prepared for it. It's like riding a bike and you're doing great and all of a sudden you get a cross breeze, like huge crosswind that throws you off your bike. Well, it's really hard if you don't know that's coming because you just lose your balance if you're on a bridge or something like that. But if you kind of expect it and know it or at least brace yourself, uh, that's much better. You know, that's why pilots are always asking, you know, the, the flights ahead of them, hey, they're reporting back on the air turbulence so that they can prepare they can maybe adjust. Maybe they go down to a different altitude where it's a little smoother and not as choppy. Or they tell the passengers, hey, buckle up your seatbelts. It's going to get really bad. If they didn't do that, that might scare the crap out of us more than it normally does when you have bad turbulence. You've all been on a plane with bad turbulence. But it's all about preparing for the worst. And that's how you get and accomplish goals. The second thing I will tell you, the other piece of this, you have to figure out, and there are always ways to do this, always ways to do this. You have to figure out how to make it, and I'm not saying easy, but as easy as possible to do what you need to do. So I always envisioned, I'm like, I wish there was something that when my alarm clock went up, I mean, went off in the morning at 5.30, that there was like this device that would pull my bed up. It would it would put it on an angle. I'd slide down the bed. My clothes would be there. I'd slide into my gym clothes, and I it would have my toothbrush right there, grab it, and as I was going down this big slide, I'd be brushing my teeth. My car keys would be in my hand. I'd grab those, and it would slide me right into the car, and I'd slide all the way right to the gym. Like, it would be this easy thing. Wouldn't even have to move a muscle, really, and it would just be easy. You know, that doesn't exist. But can I do things that make it a little bit easier? Yeah. Can I have my clothes out ready the night before so I don't have to be, that's one less thing I have to do when I wake up? Absolutely. I've talked about the 3% that makes the other 97% happen. I really focus on what are the small things? What's the smallest thing that I can do 
that will make everything else either easier or totally unnecessary. And I know if I just say to myself, I've got to stand up in the morning, I've got to stand up, that's it, and I've got to get my feet on the ground and I've got to put my gym clothes on, that's it. Because once I do that, I know everything else will happen. I'm not going to go back into bed. I'm up. Now I'm going to brush my teeth. Then I'm going to grab my car keys. I'm going to grab my water bottle. I'm going to go to the car. I'm going to start the car. Once I start driving, I'm going to go to the gym. I'm not going to go back home. Once I get to the gym, I'm going to work out. I'm not going to just sit there, right? So it's all these things. What can I do to create more likelihood of success? I shared a video, I think, on, I think on the podcast. Maybe I didn't. I think I talked about it. Something called the fun theory that Volkswagen did where they put up piano keys on train station in the Odenplan train station in Sweden. Sweden. And uh, they uh, made a task of going up the stairs. They made fun. They did something to make a hard activity enjoyable. And they turned it into a game. And they found that, like, whereas 70 or 80% of the people were taking the escalator, when they finally put these stairs up with the piano keys, 70 to 80% took the stairs So can you think about different ways to kind of jerry-rig your whole life or manipulate your life in a way where, for in a good way, where it helps you do the tougher things? You know, if I find that I get uh, distracted because I'm on social media or TikTok or, you know, one of these things where I'm just addicted to, well, I can figure out ways to limit my time on there. I can actually limit it. The phone has technology. I can put a limit on it. I can give somebody else the code to that. So they are in charge and now only have half an hour a day as opposed to spending two or three hours a day. Whatever the case is, there are all different ways now you can put the odds in your favor of reaching a goal. If I know that I tend to get dis- or, uh, uh, dis- discouraged anytime I'm working toward a goal, then let me find a, a, a power partner. Let me find somebody who's going to help me through it and be my accountability partner and give me the encouragement I need. Everybody needs people in their circle, in their corner to help them do the things that are really tough, right? That's a way that I'm going to now kind of create the right surroundings that are going to help me do the things that that I wouldn't normally do. That's the beauty of life. It's like a big game. I've just got to figure out how do I set up the puzzle pieces in a way where I've got the highest likelihood of success. If I work best and I'm more focused in one area of my house, I'm going to do my most important work in that area of the house. Now, for me, I need to bounce around. I got different spots in my house. It's kind of like multiple offices in my house. I just need changes of scenery throughout the day sometimes. But I know also if I really need to focus on something, I've got certain music I play. Because I know that just gets me focused. I'm like less distracted. Um, you know, there's just certain things that will get me into doing things that I wouldn't necessarily normally do. So my message to you is those two things. One is visualize the toughest things and prepare yourself mentally and tactically and strategically for what are you going to do when you face those toughest times and the biggest challenges as you're working toward your goals. Okay, secondly is you have to think about how do I create a higher likelihood of success? How do I tip the odds in my favor? What do I need to do to change the surroundings or alter my game plan in a way where I have the highest likelihood of success? Do I need to do certain tasks at a different time? Do I need to make sure that I'm I'm keeping the right food and taking the wrong food out of my fridge? Do I need to make sure that uh, I'm having my... 
accountability partner track the stuff and I'm doing all my stuff on on an app on like LifeSum, which I use for diet and exercise and weight and all that stuff. And we share that, whatever, whatever the thing is gonna do that's gonna help me the most and increase the likelihood of my chances of sticking to that, then ultimately that's, that's gonna be success. I would love to see our whole society change where we just become great. I love to see gyms popping up all over the place because they can't handle the demand. There's so many people that are belonging to gyms that there's just so many popping up. But unfortunately, gyms know it too. They offer great deals in January because they want to hook you and you sign up for an annual membership that they know you're not going to stick to. That's how many gyms work. (laughs) So they overbook. They know that if that gym can fit 1,000 people, they can have 1,500, 2,000, 3,000 sign up. They know that. They just know they know by human nature the statistics of what percentage of people stick to it. So in any event, hope that helps. Think about that. Do something with it. Okay. Take some action on it and let me know what you're doing. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear success stories. Hey, John, you know what? That really helped me. I thought differently. I planned my game plan a little bit differently. I want to see 2022 be your best year you have ever had. Absolutely. All right. So thanks for joining today. As always, uh, like, share, subscribe, give me feedback, comments, go down below, give five-star review, and we'll see you next time. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of Tomorrow's Leader for suggestions or inquiries about having me at your next event or personal coaching. Reach me at john at loritogroup.com. Once again, that's J-O-H-N at L-A-U-R-I-T-O G-R-O-U-P dot com. Thanks. Lead on.